Prepare yourself for a sprawling discussion on just about anything, where critical thinking meets pop culture in a collision of mind-bending proportions. Please secure all neurons and prepare for full frontal cortex. It's time for Incoherent Ramblings. Hello everybody and welcome to Incoherent Ramblings. Rambling 3, this is going to be on reality. We're going to talk about what's real and what's not. And here today is myself. Joey Shamble. We've also got two other people here, as always. Kale Anderson. And Daryl Jores. And today it's all about what is real, what is not. And I didn't have to watch Looper. And what is in between. Ooh, that was nice. So, uh, we were coming off of time travel last week, and we thought it would be a great idea to hit reality, since we kind of touched on that. So, let's talk about reality. And uh, I think we should start off, before we get into anything else... What do we mean by reality? What does it mean to you guys? Where are we kind of going with this today? Kill first. Oh, all right. And go. He wasn't ready. I threw that on you. I didn't put that in the notes. <laughs> no, right. reality, I think that reality is is relative. And it is your perception that determines what your reality is. And quite often, I think that's what it is. It's, it is a subjective thing. Daryl? I think that... Um, as true as that is, everyone has a different perception of reality, and everyone has their own version of reality. I think that that's in reference to the model that we create of that thing, which is objective out there. Because so I think it's possible that there's one true reality, one objective reality that all of us see in a different way, and we fill in the gaps, etc. And I, I agree with that. I yeah. think there is an actual reality. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. But Which is what not Tabula Rosa. We will discuss. <laughs> and I uh, and I of course agree with that too, and that's part of what we're going to discuss. And I also like the idea that we can control reality more than we think we can. That maybe reality is more subjective than objective mm-hmm. in some ways. So we'll talk about that. We're going to well, talk I about control all reality. So that's... well, yes, you do, Kaylee. <laughs> think if you want some idea of that, think about the power your brain has to create illusions when you do something like lucid dreaming. Ah, yes. and that... So you can create your own reality in your head that's completely disassociated from the objective reality out in the world. You're laying in bed with your and eyes closed. I'm definitely going to talk about that. Right. I definitely want to talk about that. So uh, just a quick uh, look at what we're going to kind of try to cover today, partially from what we just said. Reality and perception, subjective, objective, and we want to go into science and, of course, the most favorite... Uh, which is the... Oh, yes, and today's episode is brought to you by Thundercracker, Transformers Thundercracker Masterpiece, who Kale is just playing Don't with. you think we should get an advertising contract with Hasbro? <laughs> that? Well, we might go to someone... You know what we should do on the podcast is put a picture of whichever toy we had that week <laughs> on the on the YouTube one. That would be We're great. We're talking about reality. Yeah, there's, there's a Decepticon <laughs> Okay, yeah, that makes I don't, perfect sense. I don't, yeah, it's incoherent. And I think at the end we, we'll, we're going to talk about, uh, hence the name, uh, we'll talk about uh, how reality may just all be a sham. None of this is sham. real. Or it's That's all. our host. <laughs> Hello. Mr. Sham. Mr. Sham. Oh, oh, you're hilarious. That's yes. me, my last name. Hi, you're funny. Okay, so uh, let's talk about. Hey, wait, wait. What? That's my reality, not yours. Because oh! 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 he's, oh, you're killing me. He's, he's, he's Daryl. He's Daryl Jorsey, and that's why it's funny because that's his last name. 
Oh, I had a little Waldorf um, moment there. The two, the two Muppet guys. Oh yeah, Sattler and, uh, yeah. and Linda's laughing. If we had her, and, and, yeah, she couldn't stop. She actually, you, if you played it back, you could hear her laugh. Hey, she spit up her Diet Coke. If also I had brought to you, but oh, never mind. No, yeah. If Let's you know what, right if now. my sister's son was here, she, my sister would be laughing, and her son. Son! <laughs> Sorry, I was feeling left out. Oh, oh. Wow. This, mm. ladies and gentlemen, is our reality. Okay, so let's talk about perception. That's pretty sad. sad. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about perception versus reality. What is the... Per- uh, the question I'd like to pose to us first. See, some people found that last segment funny, and others saw the objective <laughs> reality that it really sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. And I think there was... Three in the one group and everyone <laughs> else, else in the other group. But as long Everybody as listening we're in the 95%, it's fine. Okay, so. I'm old school. Turn perception and reality. My, the question I'd like to pose to everybody out there, especially us since we're the only ones talking, is how much reality is actually present in each moment that we perceive? Mm-hmm. Oh, how much of this is real? I think that every moment is real unto itself but the problem is once again like when we were talking about time it's irrelevant until it is attached to the next moment nice okay I think, <laughs> I, damn well, argue that please <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I have to argue that I just want to corroborate it with another thought that um, since we have a continuum of reality that we're flowing through as time passes one thing we have to keep in mind is that not only are our senses incomplete and we fill in the gaps of things that we don't see, we um, also only have senses that can detect certain things. You know, our five main sentences and, you know, of those we only detect certain frequencies of sound, certain frequencies of electromagnetic radiation. So we, we have our own built-in deficiencies of how much we can take in, then we have added deficiencies about how much we can process because our eyes, ears, touch, smell are overloading. It would overload our faculties to process all of it. We wouldn't know what to pay attention to. Especially sound. (laughs) Especially... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of a sudden when we had that silence, then I could hear my fan on the computer, so I had to unplug it. (laughs) I want to just take that one more level. Not only do we have to... uh, Our mind has to discriminate between, you know, just... It's like separating the the chaff from the grain. You know, we have to we try to determine what is important to pay attention to and ignore the rest. And that's why when we're focused on something, we can miss the uh, the um, moonwalking bear in that one uh, past the basketball video, right? I'm sorry, what'd you just say? Moonwalking bear. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, then, I, I totally, I, I totally agree with you. Then on that. for yet another layer of things that are uh, kind of messed up is that outside of the immediate now all that we have beyond that is memories of past sensations and past thoughts so we also have to rely on this um flaky memory and as we lose more and more of those memories we fill in even more of the gaps well and every time we remember them they get re-encoded into our minds right and they they've been changed gaps widen that's why yes and i think are so unreliable 
I think yeah. that is. Yeah. Somebody said that once. And I think was, so. Yeah, I, I so wonder who that could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, and I love I, it when we reference ourselves because we don't have to go to Wikipedia anymore. Yeah, because we just rock. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, all about us anyway uh and what about the fact that when we're uh we we're constantly creating a model of the reality around mm-hmm. us like you said we're, we're we're modeling what we see but we don't model everything in in the sense that you know if they they track our eyes and our eyes are moving like all over the place i forget what that's called when your eye does that little move but it's like it's moving a little bit here left up right down every every fraction of a second oh they're like they're micro movements. They're micro movements. They got a yeah. name for it. And yeah. what are you doing is you're actually like drawing that picture in your head, like of the room that mm-hmm. I, that we're in right now. It's like my eyes have drawn the picture, but it hasn't noticed everything. It's right. like you said, what's important, and it's put a picture in my mind, and that is my reality right now. And much of it is what's really there. And you can turn that into a game where you say, leave the room and then tell me how many red candles were in the room. Exactly. I would suck at that. And when there's so much stuff around you, you might not have ever noticed that there were... Oh, red candle. I see two. Now I know because you brought it up. But that's a good point. In reality, yeah. uh, we uh, our reality has to do a lot with where we're focused, and right. as, especially for for people with ADD, where mm-hmm. we're either really focused or not at all. Because in my mm-hmm. model of this room, Joey's not even here. Not even here. Yeah. Wow. I've been drowning Vacuous. in all the time. That's why I talk over you all the time. <laughs> Tear. <laughs> you know that we were talking about Poor that, Joey. and one of those things, and cops do this, and and they don't. They it? don't know I'm here either. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was a cop if they did this podcast would be a short one I tell you when I was a cop I actually had a beat where I would drive that same place over and over again and what happens is Sorry. I would do that too but as you were driving along at first you're watching everything you know to right. make sure everything is where it's supposed to be yeah. but after months and even years of driving the same beat you don't do that anymore. You just drive along and you don't pay attention. But the second something's different, now it draws your attention. Yeah. And that's why when you're a cop, you can you can do that. You know when things are not right. They'll yeah. just catch your attention. And your perception becomes the reality. And luckily, we don't have to always pay attention to everything because that's part of our brand that we don't have to be conscious of. Our mm-hmm. consciousness can be thinking about other stuff. And there's another part in our brand, especially when we're trained, that lets us... Otherwise, you'd be like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Ooh, ooh, ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we might not sound like that. Well, that's why um, the idea of ADD being something that's uh, bad for education and uh, the theory on that is, you know, that's, it's the same exact thing. It's just a matter of not having the same discrimination to uh, weed out the things that are inconsequential. Like, you, you might be in class and you see... Um, a bug crawl across right. the floor and then that's all you're thinking about and you've lost your the, entirely what they're trying to teach you at the, that moment the actual theory I believe that, that went around for a while and I think still is is that ADD was a trait used by the hunters in mm. the uh, hunter gatherers because yeah. they had to hyper focus or they had to be aware of certain things at certain times right well I mean if you're working in a big group of people I would like it if um, you know, there are some people that can focus at the opportunity at hand, like you're tracking an animal and you're trying to right. find it. And you could have, as long as there's one person in that group, there's right. also keeping an eye on the periphery because they might be have a wandering eyeball and they're looking all around. And then that's when they notice that, gee, that tree you were just about to climb to sneak up on your prey 
has a giant asp in it. Wow. Oh, wait, that's not an asp. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to go jaguar for sure. It has a know. jaguar in it. Vroom! Wrong jaguar. How'd that get up in the tree? All right. Um, why don't we move over to what you were talking about with memory, about how our memory, because that's part of the idea of the uh, model our brain makes and how reliable it is in determining what reality was that we went through. Any thoughts on that? Reality. What a concept. Okay, so I'll go. Um, <laughs> so everything we are is based on our memory. If it's not in the moment, then it's our memory. And Daryl said earlier, we don't remember everything. We fill in the gaps. And I think that's a lot of what happens is that we are uh, we, we remember, like our brain keeps bits and pieces in it. And it's almost as if, there's little, what's used these days? Tags, right? That's the big thing in computers today. Right. They're, they're fancy computers. Tags or labels. Yeah, labels. That's the word I was looking for. those two up yeah, today. Yeah, and so you've got these tags or labels in your head, and when you hit one, it starts to bring back all the other things that it has to do with, and you rebuild your memory. Yeah, yeah definitely. You're, you're, I, I know so much more than I can coldly tell you. You know, you, you give a subject like reality. And you say, all right, tell me about reality. Now, I'd go, and I might freeze, or I might give one or two sentences. But we start talking about it, and it triggers mm-hmm. all those memories. And now I remember everything, all about it. Yeah. So and now the, we're ready to have a good discussion. My brain's going. <laughs> I hear the jaguar purring. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was a burp. I thought it was gonna be more of a burp. That was kind of cucumber. <laughs> oh, were you gonna say something, Daryl, about uh, memory? Are well, you... we, because we replay certain things in our mind, um, like post-traumatic stress syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, that can also be debilitating. That the past is so distracting that the present is no longer consequential uh, yes. in a certain way. And also, it can bring back stresses that you've experienced in the past. Um, But also, just with or without PTSD, you're going to relive important moments in your life over and over again in your head. And what's kind of frightening about that whole concept is that every time we relive it, those, again, like we said, those gaps where we fill in the memory have widened every time. But because we're reliving it in our head, it becomes the new reality for us. It's the way right. things absolutely happened. And if someone, you know, you experienced um, witnessing a robbery at a convenience store or something, right? You could relive that in your head over and over again, and you'll say, oh, the perpetrator wore a red hoodie. And you might just relive it that many times that by the time you get to the point where you are convinced that that's what they were wearing, you might see, you might get another witness that says, no, they were wearing an orange sweater. And you go, that's impossible. I remember this verbatim. They had a red hoodie on. And then you get the surveillance tape and determine who's right. And perhaps they were in a gray pullover. And both of you are wrong. And it's just the the matter, the malleability of our memories. We think of them as being so cemented that we lived this. We saw with our own eyes. Seeing is always believing. And... You know, if you've seen an optical illusion before, you should realize that seeing isn't always believing because yes. you can make a model of something that just isn't there. That's why magicians are so successful is because they are exploiting those uh, deceptions. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, James Randi, called, he's called the, an honest liar. 
mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> he tells you he's going to trick you, and then he does it. Right. Uh, but one of the things and is, is maybe that, more well-known Penn and Teller are of the yes. Same oh yeah, well yeah. yeah, they they are actually James Randi was on Penn and Teller's bullshit several times mm-hmm. because he's such a, a great guy. Anyway, well, I think that's the first time we like outright swore in this, even though it was just naming a program. That's no. <laughs> I'm sure we I don't have a problem fall. with that. I'm just saying that. Oh, this is you for, mean it happened This before. is for adults, damn it. <laughs> don't you freaking forget it. That's right. I'm not going to say I anything. I did say freaking, though, before, didn't I? I guess I wasn't yeah, willing but that, to. You were talking about breakdancing in the 80s, so. Oh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, you were? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was just not going to be part of my reality. I'm not. I'm gonna, that's not <laughs> to add on to the, I, you got what, what you were saying, Daryl. Uh, reminded me of a show, and I think this is it. I think it's on Brink on the Discovery Channel, uh, and it was. Uh, I believe the name of the show was about memory. It was understanding memory, and it was really good because they basically had a fake crime, and then they asked, and out in the middle with a whole bunch of people, and they asked everyone to who wants to come in and be part of the show and say what you saw, and everybody had different ideas. They were oh, sure yeah. of it. Yeah. And they were sure of it. I yeah. remember. I've seen yeah, it. yeah, and they were completely wrong, most <laughs> yeah. of them. And they, it was amazing how much they were like, this is this was the guy, or this is what happened, and it had nothing yeah. to do with the original. Yeah. That's like when, when cops take a criminal into the interrogation room, and they, or who they think is the criminal, mm-hmm. And by the time they let him out of there, he's sure he did it. Yeah. And I've seen cops, I mean, they're actually having to stop, you know, cops from using certain techniques because they can totally change somebody's reality. And I'm kind of surprised how many misconceptions there are about things like that. Because I, I remember years ago, if I heard something like that, I would be so convinced that... People do remember things correctly before I became a little more skeptical on that point. And I also used to be a little more naive about how varying people's different realities are from one another. Because I I would understand that some people have a different point of view, but I didn't understand it in the way of they might actually see things completely differently from the way I see them. But, you know, like years ago, I would have heard about that and said, well, that's kind of silly. How could someone be convinced right. they committed a crime they didn't do. Right. But the reality but is the, that that really does happen. Yeah. Oh, and there was that, that girl who was convinced... I was just going to yeah, say that. Who convinced her father molested her right. because right. of the psychiatrist or whoever, the hypnotist. And, yeah, the, or repressed the, memories, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, repressed memories. And now they are... They really have to be so... You know, that, accurate. That's some yeah. scary shit right there. Oh, I swore. Exciting. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's because, I mean, as a teacher, like, whoa, what if some kid is like, hey, I remember Mr. Shamu yeah. was doing that. What What the hell? That never happened. Unfortunately, in the court of, of public opinion, yeah. usually the person who's being accused is just assumed guilty. Yeah. Even though that's not our legal system. I wish I remembered the guy's name, but he's actually recording his whole life. Is that the chair? No, it's... Somebody outside talking. But I hear like this metal scrunching sound. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, if Joey okay. moves back and forth, it'll make that noise. Oh, okay. But, oh. We don't want to let you know what Joey's doing right uh, now. Adult show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm in the moderator. Okay, anyway. Uh, wait, 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 that wait, now you have to remind me what the heck I was talking about. Uh, I think it was having to do with memory and child molesting. 
No, <laughs> no, there was none of that in there. Jay I know that he was for on sure. a podcast. That's not in my memory. Yeah, Don't no, put it in there. I, no, we were just talking about the girl who said her father molested her. Right. Yeah, and then I was going to say something else. Anyway, oh, never mind. God, our beliefs are all over the place. Talking about beliefs, what do you guys think about beliefs? Okay, so that was really bad, so I'm not even going to try no, that. The thing is just that what Daryl's hinting at, and, and we're obviously going to get into, is people's beliefs and, yeah. and their reality as opposed like religion. Which yeah. brings up my next question. Where do beliefs, ideals, morals fit into the concept of reality? Well, people believe that it's, it is total reality. You're... So too many people be- think their beliefs constitute their reality. Right. And that's not the case. And I I totally understand that concept now. Because when I was a kid growing up, of course, I was very religious. And now I'm a non-theist. I, I don't believe in any supernatural existence at all. But in that process, all of a sudden you get to a point where you can now see it from a larger perspective and realize that you were putting your beliefs as your reality. Mm -hmm. But people Mm -hmm. who are in their beliefs cannot see that they're only seeing their, their beliefs as reality. And I think the way to describe that is dogma, that if Mm -hmm. you are told that you're supposed to believe the universe is a certain way, and you're told that over and over again, that becomes your reality, and it's unquestioning. Um, and most faith-based systems are built upon that. It's uh, This is your reality. This is what um, somebody or something tells you is real, and you're supposed to take that at face value and not question it. Right. And, of course, you know, more, um, shall we say, perhaps more liberal versions of uh religious faiths and uh, whatnot will uh, will encourage people to question but they usually also want you to go talk to the pastor to kind of um bring you back make sure you don't question the wrong thing to make sure to make sure that you've you know as many as many doubts as you have go talk with your pastor right then they can reassure you that everything is true one of the things i think that that really i guess punches a hole in that for me is when they've discovered uh, what the guy calls the God helmet. Mm-hmm. And it's a scientist, and I should have looked his up, look, looked him up. Actually, doesn't that give you, like, plus 10 armor class in D&D? <laughs> it does. It okay. does. All right. I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea. God helmet. <laughs> plus but the, 10. But Man, the, my thing. Anyway, I would like to that. smite yeah. an orc. But anyway, so you put on this helmet, and it stimulates portions Stanley of your brain. Stanley Corn. Stanley Gorin. Corin. Corin. Stanley Corin. Thank you. And by activating, he can cause you to have a religious experience. I thought you were going with erection. <laughs> well, if you get turned on by God, I guess, I guess we shouldn't even go. <laughs> Never go mind. There. Never mind. Anyway, so he turns on the current and you have a religious experience. Yeah. And you turn off the current, it's gone. And it's proven through his research that it is only the current going into your brain right, that is causing right. you to have these hallucinations. Because there's a portion of the brain that is responsible for the feelings of being in right. the presence of greatness and that elation and that uplifting right. you get what from I think, being in a worship. Yeah, uh, what I think service. is strange or interesting strange is the fact that people 
who have hallucinations don't question them. I think right. that's strange. Yeah, that's the first that thing you should do. Yeah, that is a very good point. That's what I've always thought about. If I was crazy and started seeing things that don't make sense, I'd be like, okay, that's not real. Or, or you, you start hearing you a might, voice, and and you believe that, that right. it's... It, it's not can't be in my own head right, even though we've right. shown that people have multiple personalities and can be totally different person there can be seven eight people in the same head well, remember in the zombies um, in the x-files show that we were all supposed to watch the spoiler the, alert they oh, called yeah not in the edit i don't know that's they, such so old i don't think we can say it a spoiler <laughs> they called <laughs> they called one of the characters um a uh Fantasy prone personality. Okay, we're talking, yeah. by the way, about the X Files episode, Number also 20. known as also known as uh, what's the name? Uh, Jose Chung's. Yeah, Jose Chung's from Outer Space. And so, if anybody wants to check that out, you can pause three, and go see it. Episode twenty. We don't necessarily have crazy. to do the deep dive on it just yet, but I wanted to bring okay, up that that ahead. phrase was used: the uh, fantasy prone right. personality. For I that think that guy. everyone's yeah. on a continuum. There's some people that question everything that they see, maybe even too much, because they go like, "Well, I know I saw that, but did I really see it?" And then other people that take everything verbatim, like my um, my head is a, a recorder that's very reliable and everything that comes in will be played back exactly the same right so if i experience some voice inside my head that must be real because my head recorded it and i know that it was there and if so you have a recording head yeah Okay. I have a flying erase head too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good nerd talk. I don't want to yeah, yeah. watch that. But if you want to want to hear some of those people, just tune into Coast to Coast AM uh, any <laughs> yeah, night. No kidding. Because I used to listen to Art Bell when he he ran that show, and I and I was interested. I thought it was great. It was really mind opening as I saw it. Now I listen to. It, I'm like, these guys are freaking nuts. Yeah, they're a little out there. Daryl, you said it best to me when we were in high school. Make sure you've got an open mind, but not so open your brain falls off. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I love that phrase. If you, if you have an yeah, open mind and you start actually. hearing the wind, yeah. maybe it's time to close it up. <laughs> because yeah, there's people who just go and they don't look at logic at all, and they go right. But in a way, logic is a belief that we go for, and we're okay. With, so, what if logic was well, wrong? Well, that's right. the thing: is this logic itself is about trying to discover the truth. Yeah. And so it's a it's logic is a process, and it's. Uh, I guess if you Maybe back that's up what from it... non-philosophers, critical thinking. And that if you can approach everything with a little bit of critical thinking, most of the things that are not correct, you will notice them. Yeah, but maybe that's just what logic wants us to think. And it does. Logic and... has a personality. Right? N- now it does in my world. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The Moody Blues with special guest God Helmet. Why does logic sound like an announcer from like <laughs> Monster Truck Rally? No, I was thinking the most. This is your announcer, Logic. Don't I ask. couldn't resist. I, I had that stored up a long time, and I just, didn't you just had to, to get it out. No one yeah. to put it there. There was a Why not? This is your. This is our reality. We That's can put right. anything into it we want. And looking at that, <laughs> how much control do we have over reality? I mean, obviously there is the uh, there's our imagination, our perceived reality, or our, and our perceived reality, our model, and then there's. Where we can move and touch, which stems from us and control, as far as we know. And then outside the limits of where our body goes, seems to be the end of our control of reality. At least in a, in a moment. Obviously, over time, you can affect things that aren't you're not around. But can you control reality beyond that, or is that where it stops? I think it depends on which reality you're talking about, subjective or objective. 
So let's talk about subjective. I think you have uh, almost unlimited control over that in a way. Your own subject, yeah, subjective reality, and maybe yeah, even somebody else's subjective reality. You, you have total control over it if you're willing to hallucinate, too. Right. Because there are people in institutions that are seeing a completely different, they're really actually seeing a totally different reality. Well, and we don't have control. They are. Yeah, that's, but I don't have complete control. I want to see, like... I overstated it. Yeah, because I, I, I want to see a control. flying turtle right now, and I... I don't see it. I mean, I, you in can. my head. I just saw it in my head. But I didn't right. see it with my eyes. I want it right here, and i got to take some... So, okay. Um, there's a lot of involuntary involuntary process there, I have to admit. So saying that you have full control over it isn't really right. But it's, it's one of those things mm-hmm. that you can affect yeah. based on things that you do. You can train yourself to think about things a certain way. You can um, train yourself to pay attention to other things. Like, I... Usually, a lot of times when I encounter new people, I often forget their names pretty fast. So that's one of the things that I, I do when do. I when I get you know because I usually am switching my mind from one subject to another, and I'm pretty task oriented for a lot of things. So if I know I'm meeting some new people and we have something we need to get done, I'm usually more focused on the thing we're getting done. And I unfortunately don't pay enough <laughs> yeah. attention to their names. And that's one of the things that I can retrain myself, though. I can make my reality where naming... Uh, I'm sorry, sorry is... Daryl. It's making me laugh. You see Monty over there? Yeah. He is moving his butt over the water bottle so he's getting wet. Oh, you guys got to see this out there. You Check this. Oh, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> but it's uh, we'll post the video. Yeah, <laughs> get my phone out. Oh God, it'll be our second or third. Oh, uh, you guys talk. I'll get. I'll get the video. All right, continue on. Sounds good. Um. Yeah. So you, okay, you have a limited scope of control over those things, but then you can f- really do that kind of thing when you have um, lucid dreaming going on, because if you are able to dream and realize you're in a dream and not wake up from that realization, you can suddenly control a lot of what's around you. So in the situation Joey brought up, like I want to see a flying turtle or something, you'll really see it if that's what you want. That's true. I think it's interesting about augmented. So So wet. You like it wet? Uh, No. Anyway. Augmented. Augmented reality in dreams. So actually, if you wake up in your dream, quite often you only have a couple of seconds before you're either awake or you're back asleep again. And every once in a while I've lucid dreamed where I actually gained control of my dream for quite a while. But that it was it's been really tough to, to actually gain control it of is, your dream. Yeah, it is an exercise yes. and it takes a lot of work and I really would love to do that, but like every exercise, I just don't get around to it. When you actually can do it uh, and fly mm-hmm. it like Superman, and I've done that a couple of times in my dreams, that's just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so fantastic yeah. the feeling you get from doing that. Yeah. And it's not real? I don't know. It's real in your but mind. But it is you know, real. It's, but it's, it's it's real experience. In the books, yeah. they say how you know it's not real. You can tell. And it's true. I mean, it feels real, but you know right. it's a dream. And there is some weird thing about that. It's hard to explain. Well, what I want to say about the 
um, control issue since I'm backtracking on my original statement. I think that in that situation, that's when you do have ultimate control. But what you're talking about is, um, for lack of a better term, your mind has a BS sensor mm-hmm. where you weigh incoming stimulus and you go, is this really happening or not? And when you're awake, that's the yeah. kind of thing that can discriminate between a hallucination and something that's actually there. Actually, right? it makes you've a, got your BS detector on. It makes track. a lot of sense. The people who hallucinate probably don't have that working like when we're in a dream. Mm-hmm. We see these crazy things right. not lucid dreaming and we go, oh, look, a flying turtle. Hey, yeah. that's cool. Where's my friend? Well, in, in a lot of dreams I have, too, my father's there and he's been dead for Right, I had, years, my so. parents, too. I have a right. lot of dreams and you don't right. even think about it. Yeah, you don't think about it mm-hmm. until after you wake up and go, oh, wait, my dad was in my dream. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and it never occurred to me he well, shouldn't be. One of the right. things that is an exercise to learn how to lucid dream is that and at first it sounds a little silly but actually it works well is that you choose something that would not be real if you were awake like my thing was float off the ground if I I stop for a second and it sounds totally ridiculous but during the day I would Mm -hmm. try to float right and of course in my reality the real reality that's so redundant but objective objective thank you objective <laughs> reality i don't lift off the ground and i i did that for several weeks but one time i did and that was the time i was mm-hmm. dreaming and so i knew i was dreaming because it was something i could not you, huh? do what right yeah and you're you told me about that and i wanted to do it too and i always get there's the you know there's the perverted part of my brain that goes oh my god i'm dreaming i can have sex with anyone oh my god oh my god and i wake up yeah wait is my wife gonna listen to this (laughs) damn it you're you're yeah this was before you met her of course yeah yeah that's didn't happen last night (laughs) uh so wow but okay but here's here's where i want to extend the the thought from into more into reality. Now, we've already come uh, across, across the technology that we can control something across the room by using technology. And so there's a way to control something outside of your specific reach. It's not necessarily in your head. It's not necessarily at your fingertips, but you can still control it. And there's, uh, if we, even if we go, well, let's stick with that. Because I want to kind of go to the, I love the idea that maybe reality has, we have more of an ability to control it. Now, we're all critical thinkers here and all very skeptical, and I'm not really going to the area of, like, telekinesis or something parapsychological, but at the same time, I kind of want to look in that area because a lot of people go that direction. Yeah. I, and I'd love it to be true, even though it probably isn't. I, I totally agree. And, and you start to understand the blurring of those lines uh, when, you, when you talk about those people who now can control things outside of their bodies with mm-hmm. their minds. Uh, the bionic arms that they are now testing, um, or that that guy who uh, put the chip in his head. They put the chip, and he didn't put it in. The doctors put the chip that in his be head. That would a cool trick. And he hey, was look able at this! Control it's a Dorito. Yeah, I was going to say that was the only kind of chip I've ever put in my head. But I'm pumped. And he uh, controlled a mouse, and also played video games yeah. on a computer. And that by simply thinking, thinking about, about it. So those things actually become a real extension of his mind, mm-hmm. not just exactly. something he controls with his body exactly. parts. And that's something I wanted, I was thinking about earlier when you were talking, but I, I forgot again. But it totally goes in there. It's what he's, your, your brain is in a black box. Yes. And you don't perceive anything from around us at all. We have sensory organs that deliver information to our brains and yeah. we interpret those and that becomes our sense or our reality. Um, what made me think about this is that 
what are you are you guiding me in? <laughs> Daryl's doing plane? airplane movements. Yeah, he was. I was like, okay, you're in there. You're almost there. No, I can hear your audio wavering because of the oh, hands. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank he's you. doing the hand thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Daryl. No problem. <laughs> I didn't understand, but thank you. I guess we got to, maybe you should start that thought over again. We're going to edit a whole bunch out. And All go. Right. Right. Okay, so our brains are in a black box, which we cannot perceive. And our one of the things is there was this kid um, on this program, and he was blind. And he had been blind. I think he was blind from birth. But what he did was that he would click. Uh, yes, I've seen and this. It would bounce, his, the sound would bounce off of many different things and come back to him. It was echolocation. Mm-hmm. But to him... They even made a simulation of what he saw because it became vision to him so that he could walk around and by clicking, all of a sudden, it creates reality for him. Mm-hmm. Around him, he could see objects. He couldn't see them with his eyes. He but was he seeing them with his sound. He was creating a model in his exactly. head that was... that was, yeah. And, and I think we get that, but we're seeing so strongly it overshadowed. I think that that goes into perception of reality yeah. in that... I think that if we had uh, organs that perceived other dimensions or other realities, that our brains would be able to process it. Because it's it's like a a generic computer. Mm -hmm. And we are able to put a program in there, which runs our hearing, which runs our eyesight. And if we were able to plug in like a goose's uh, electromagnetic field, then we would also see... Right. The electromagnetic field that they follow to fly. And I always yeah. like the idea that we do have some organs like that. They're just not in use. The idea, for example, I used to say as a kid, what if I had an eye in my stomach, but it's dark in there, so it never sees anything, so I don't know it even works. You know, that type of thing. Of course, the acid would digest it. I or your that tail. Out. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> your tail, your, your object that you can't see. You do know you have a tail, right? No. No, see, he doesn't believe that. I don't, see, mm-hmm. he's too smart to... Fall for that false reality. He knew the truth. <laughs> but if we're living in our heads and we're just in our, are we more in our heads or are we, we more out here? I mean, we got a body out here, but when we say us, who we are, are we just in this black, dark room and we are inside the room? And in the room, which is dark and black, we don't see anything, don't hear anything, or we're just standing there like. I think Mr. McQueen said it best. My teacher, which Daryl knows about from Pasadena City College, he said, I'm dancing right there. And he danced in front of the class. And they said, but I'm not really dancing here to you. I'm dancing in your head. Because that's exactly what it was. We had a picture in our heads. Everything we see, everything we are, we're inside of our brain. Yeah, but I think that what our senses allow us to do is that we. the big thing now is augmented reality. And actually, I think that's what we're already doing. We are using our senses to walk around and perceive the outside world. We're in an augmented reality because you take away somebody's sight. Now that's one part of the augmented reality they no longer have. Mm-hmm. But you, if you gave them the ability to do something else, they would. I think that if you grafted a second set of arms onto somebody and could really tie it into their nervous system, eventually those arms would start to work and they would be able to manipulate them just like they do their own arms. And their brains would create a program software to do that. You know, and strangely, it's almost like with social media and the internet, that's almost become another limb for us. And we're creating a reality because we, 
at the same time, when I have this, you know, reality of the room around us, I'm also have this kind of outside reality of what's going on on Facebook and Google and news that we just didn't have before. You know, I've got this kind of other part of my brain that's thinking about these other things in the background. So how often do you poke people with your Facebook limb? Oh, every now and then. I turned it off. It bugged me to be poked. So oh, okay. I turned my It does off. bug him to be poked. Yeah. I poke back with my pinkies. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to mention something about the echolocation kid. Um, I wonder how it was determined, or if maybe it was maybe a fault in reporting, how they determined that he w- would, quote, see... The, well, the things around he, him. They uh, had extensive interviews with a couple of different scientists, yeah. as I recall. Do you remember? Yeah, I don't actually think, and this is where reality gets a bit weird, because I don't think he was actually seeing, because it had nothing to do with light. So yeah. as we see, the definition is not seeing, but because his brain is the same, mm-hmm. and it processes things and makes a model in the same way, it was using that model-making ability and using the sounds to create the model. Right. So it's more like... The model we use, we're using our eyes mainly. We're using our eyes to make this model of the world around us. Mm-hmm. But it's not, doesn't look this way necessarily just because this is how light is coming into it. It's the way our brain makes a model of the world around us. So if you were using your ears as your main source and you found a way to do echolocation, it would kind of overlap that and you'd kind of have what we kind of consider visual. So it would be pretty impressive if they, say, did a functional MRI while he's echolocating, which would be really hard because you have to be sitting inside of the MRI to do that. But if they had that and they found that his visual cortex region was very active as he's echolocating, that might be a sign. It was. It was. They actually It was his actual, the area of his brain that sees... Yeah. Or would see. Right. That's where he would. That, he wrote a book. But by the that. same token, uh, people blind from birth, that gets re yeah. uh, portioned for. Or re. It, yeah. It gets. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Re- it doesn't. Um, like the optic nerve isn't carrying information to, to the visual right. cortex. So the visual cortex gets. Um, used for other things. Yeah. It gets used for other uh, things like enhancing. Um, your discrimination of audio and, and feeling. I think and that he just took touch. it another step because right. I think even when we when we close our eyes and we listen to sounds, I think we even get kind of a picture from that, a very right. very right. light picture. And I think people who are blind can do that too. But he actually is making a very detailed one because he's using the clicks to yeah. make the picture. And I think that in a way that's one of those things too where we it's modeling yet again. Yeah. You know, we have a model of space that's. Uh, that takes information from our that's, vision. That's, that's what it is, yeah. yeah. But it's that's not the only source we have. We right. can use, you know, in our day-to-day lives, we use echoes to tell distances, too. Yeah, if you... You, know, you, you, can, sh- you can shout in the dark and hear a reverberating chamber. And know where you. something is or and someone is. And then you is. know, oh, I'm in a big space. Yeah, or you can hear Doppler, a little Doppler effect. You can, and we don't even realize we're distance. doing that. And yeah. and, and that's yeah. just it. I, when we, when I, if you close your ears, you kind of don't realize it but you kind of don't get as full a picture of the world i mean you're kind of closed in more that's how you feel yeah. and uh this this kid though he was riding his bike you know he yeah. ride his bike yeah. I, that was amazing you very see, right between like, two two cars yeah, and yeah. like you didn't know, even hit him i'm familiar even with though that. the yeah. movie um, wasn't fantastic mm-hmm. i thought they did a really good job of letting us know how he was seen yeah and how that process are we talking about daredevil yes yeah. uh, hey i Have said it wasn't that great no a movie but is it really? Yeah. All right. What? Director's, director's cut is apparently cut. better. Oh. Yeah. 
it's hard to believe. Well, I, I you know, I always liked Daredevil, so when I saw it, it was okay. I think in a way, though, um, call <laughs> that was could, not a fart. That was a that was a. <laughs> you could you could say it's sightest uh, the way that a lot of, that almost everyone is. I think that there's this like we put such a priority on our vision that we yeah. tend to want to make that association for someone who maybe never had vision and never will. Uh, we want to say this kid is echolocating, he's seeing things in air quotes. Yeah. But really, what is he getting? Maybe he's getting a better sense of the space around him. Yeah. Does, does he imagine yeah. in his head a visual plane in front of him? I I have my doubts about that. I don't know how you would ever prove I, it. I think... No, he's probably... And he's... See, obviously, he's hearing, so he's th- he's seeing three-dimensionally, if you want to look at it that way. Right. So he's so even seeing better than us. I think he, it's even seeing limiting quotes. to call it seeing, yeah. as if yeah. he's seeing with eyes. It's how we it's can represent uh, relate to it, because otherwise it's just way beyond the possibilities. I mean, it seems like there's so many things you can you can control. Uh, if you guys heard of the guy who can like control his temperature and the freezing cold, uh, they like put him in ice. And oh, he, the monks. Uh, not a, he's, he's an actual guy, and he actually ran like the, the monks I, aren't human. <sighs> <laughs> Listen, Dick. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you don't need to go there. You know what I was saying. His name is Kale. Listen, Kale, <laughs> Dick. All right, go ahead, Joey. I don't remember what I was saying. Kale, oh, there's this guy. Kale, there was this guy. There's this guy, and he actually ran the Iditarod, I think, barefoot, and they they thought he was going to, yeah. or uh, he ran a marathon in the cold. I don't remember what it was. It was something in the cold. And he should have lost his feet to frostbite, and they thought he was going to lose it. And while he was there, did he, he have did a shiny coat. He did his thing, which. Do you have four paws? That's what I wanted. He wasn't a dog. He was a guy. He was human. I just said that. You're not paying attention. He pulled his own sled? Yeah. Well, you would need to because if you're in the Iditarod, you have to have a sled. It wasn't the Iditarod. Hey, Joey, rock back and forth. He's pulling his own sled. I, I, like I am the moderator, and I will have respect <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah, respect for everyone else. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, there's a guy, and his feet should have fallen off, and he stopped it. That's all I wanted to say. Cool. Let's move and you on. know those monks? Those, <laughs> those guys that aren't I real? just spit on my computer. What they did? <laughs> what they did is they actually put wet uh, sheets on them. And by their own control of their body, they would dry the sheets. I've woken up wow. and remain a couple of times warm. In the night. And they'd take it off, put another one on, they could do it again wow. and again. You can actually go yeah. on YouTube and see these I'm guys sure doing that. And their utility bill went way down after that. You know? Yeah. They I, I put one used. I put one in my bathroom and just have them sit there and be like, you're <laughs> towel's oh, wet. Oh, I need it. I, need, I want it I want it warm when I get out of the shower. Just sit there and stare. Here, you're like, fine. Hold, hold my lather for me. I want it to be hot and foamy. Um, that was shaving He sounds like a didgeridoo there. <laughs> yeah, because that's what monks play, right? <laughs> you know, he's, he's all over I was doing place. a monk chant. God. All right. So I'd like to move on our conversation now to what is the possibility that this is a perfect place for it, that our reality might not exist at all without our perception. In other words, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, the tree doesn't make a sound. I Go. Don't, I don't buy that. No. <laughs> Next it's, up. It's making, it's making a wave, which if any time it encounters something that can perceive sound, it is a sound. So here's the question. We get this from the movie of Watchmen, and I guess better from the comic. If 
nobody existed to perceive anything. Does reality still exist? And objectively, we would think it I would. I think the universe existed before life started, so that's my personal belief. It makes a lot of sense. And I don't yeah, think that's a good way to the, think of it. Yeah. And I think that we're kind of passive observers in a lot of ways. Although, take that with a grain of salt because you can't completely passively observe something. But I think that thing is there to be observed, whether or not we're there. But we have an effect on that thing when we observe it. The gambling effect. About, I was, I was well, going to say on well, the, like, the idea of, are you talking about like subatomic particles you can go, where you can't you can go measure them? Like if you're observing wildlife. If you're observing, well, the uncertainty principle. Yeah. It works for that, but also for observing wildlife. You know, I don't you think have that to actually, interact in a light way with wildlife to observe them. I think right? that that is not correct. I think uncertainty? that. Yeah. I think the uncertainty principle is not understood. Well. That's what yeah. I think. I think one it's of the It's there. Things, Something's happening. Yeah. But I don't think that we are actually, the thing can be. Uh, one way or another without us perceiving it. That's what I'm saying. We don't oh, yeah, understand yeah. it. No, I get what you're saying. And, and Oh, we're going Schrodinger's Shrod- okay, cat, right? Something I was actually right. going to okay, say. Okay, I right. wasn't sure where we were going. Okay, gotcha now. the cat's both alive and dead. Right. And the, this is, I think in a way, I almost don't like that um, description of it. Because right. the description is once you water. open it up and observe it, the cat's either dead or alive, right? But when you close the box, it's both. Well, the, I think the truth is that it's always both. Just the fact of observing it causes you to see it one way or the other. Right. It's Our not perception. You're not making the cat dead or alive by observing it. You observe it at a particular time, and you observe whether it's alive or dead. But all along, it's always been both. Yeah. That's a strange way to look at it. But that, I think that's one of the misconceptions yeah. about uncertainty principle is that it, it's often talked about in the sense of observing the particle causes it to have a particular velocity, but it has no definite location. The observation collapses the wave function. Right. Collapses the wave function, and then you can observe it. But the thing is that um, I think that what that really means is how do you observe it? You have to generally bounce something off of it, like a photon, and then receive that photon. And at that scale... It doesn't. It has an effect. Right. It has an effect because it interacted with the photon that you're then observing, mm-hmm. and that that interaction caused the. It's not. It's not your consciousness. Right. Reaching out and going, I'm going to observe this thing and make it collapse into some right. definite point. What's really happening is you're interacting. Other particles are interacting with it in order exactly. to bring the information back to you. And I, yeah, and I saw something on that that explained it so well, and I saw it, I'm like, that makes perfect sense, and I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Oh, thank you for bringing it up. I'm glad I brought it up, though, but (laughs) I just want everybody out there to know that you can find something that will make you realize it. Check your local library. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing, is when we actually start having these published, and the podcasts go out, and we actually have them go to the blog... Joey will have found that information and actually posted yeah, it right. so you can find it. No, I'm not going to do that's that. That's nice. You are going to do that. I mean, I'm going to do that. Add it to Trello. <laughs> that's going to be your reality. Or your Today's <laughs> podcast is also brought to you by Trello. Trello. Yes. Trello. <laughs> well, Trello seems to be pretty good. We'll let you know if it works because it's helping to keep us organized. And if you've been listening to us, you know how badly we need that. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
So reality exists. I think we're all in agreement with that. Although I would love the, the fact that we do affect reality in, uh, in ways that, like, if reality didn't exist, or I'm sorry, objective reality didn't exist, then you guys don't exist, which means it's all me. So right. <laughs> hell yeah, I can do whatever the heck I want. Well, yeah. there's that. Well, why would I, you I think create such a crappy, crappy existence? No, mine's good. I just oh. made a crappy existence <laughs> for you two. Oh. Well, why, don't, why don't we just touch Damn on you. that? Damn you! Okay, let's touch on it. Yeah, mm, I, yeah. What? I think, therefore, I am. And Joey does that, therefore, he is. That's how I know. Yeah. So the the idea about that I is think, consciousness. Consciousness is its own evidence of your own existence. You might not be exactly how you perceive yourself to be because your perceptions. That would uh, be sentience. That would be sentience, a test of yeah. a sentience, because of course there are many things that are live right. that do not think. Therefore, they still exist. I think when you model, yeah, <laughs> right. I think consciousness actually comes from the creation of you modeling yourself. Modeling, it's a, it's a meta thing. When yeah. when you as soon as you do that, as soon as you put yourself in the model, it's like and it's like the lucid dream thing. Anybody who's had a lucid dream, when they're dreaming, they're not really modeling themselves as who they are. They're not saying, this is me, I am. And that's all you have to do in a lucid dream is going, I'm here in this dream, this is me. And as soon as you do that, all of a sudden, you're who you are. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And the, the, the point I'm getting at is... Oh, you had a point, you, sorry. Well, that's no, all right. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. No, 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 your, yours was, that was on topic and great. Uh, that's right. So uh, the, the point I'm making, though, is back to what Kale said about right. sentience. Um, I'm talking about... Your own sentience is your proof of your existence, and that's the only thing you'll ever prove really exists. Since, as you mentioned, the teacher dancing in front of the class, right. that's happening in your head. Right. So is everything else around you that's not your own sentience, your so, conscience. And Right, and we already know that It's modeling what's happening. It's not. It's happening in reality, that your teacher we, was we dancing think. in objective but reality, but you, your brain is creating a model of that yeah. for you. Right, but that but I see the point you're making, Daryl, which is we can never know for sure because right. we have parts of our bo- our brain and body that do things that we have no idea about. They make our heartbeat or whatever, and we don't think about how it works or why it works, right? Right. But what if there's some super part of our brain that creates everything around us that we know nothing about? There's no way to know well, that. We live in the matrix. Right. What if which that w- teacher never existed? They were just a well. If we program. exist in the matrix, I I exist in the first movie. <laughs> but Agreed. not the other Agreed. One. That one was awesome. Agreed. <laughs> except, I w- except I'd like to be upside down uh, for a little. That was kind of cool in the second movie. So I'm saying as far as I just don't want to be things, bald. I don't look good bald. You have no balls? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow, there's another cut. <laughs> I wasn't even in that one, so... Daryl, you see this pinky? See that pinky? Oh, pinky? I'm going to get Facebook. Are you gonna... <laughs> no, no, no. You don't understand the power of Kale's pinky. Oh, all right. Someday like, we'll talk about it. No. Hearts? No, it's what? worse. Oh, okay. No, much worse. Well, so, so as okay, as far as proving anything to myself, and I'm just going to make the assumption that everyone else who may or may not exist is the same in this regard. I can prove my own existence by thinking and having conscious thought. I can't prove that this thundercracker in my hand actually exists because I'm relying on nervous well, sensory input. You can to you tell can me say you here. exist now, but. By our next podcast, will Daryl still exist? That's what the question is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that picture that, will be on the website for was you. Was that one of the Ghostbusters charging up their proton pack? <laughs> <laughs> that was bizarre sounding. 
That was a camera click. Well, okay. All right. No, but I, what you say... I don't, no. I, I, yeah. What were you saying? But then I can't really prove that I exist right, to anyone yes. else. No, and... And, you, and you can't prove it to me either. But that's... And that just comes down... You have to come to the assumption of it. You have to come yeah. down to... The, you have to assume because even if everything's an illusion... Uh, you might as well go with everything's an exactly. illusion. You know, because, you got it, otherwise what are you going to do? Consistency, right? Consistency, very I mean, good. Scientific repeatability. Yes. Yeah. You know, if it's repeatable, then it's real enough. You'd may as well call yeah. it reality. And right. You know, that's one of the things I think is is really what you sh- how you should approach reality, which is you look for the people that or or the action that is consistently correct, which is science. And so all other beliefs have to be tested with critical thinking. And if when you do that, you see all these different systems that are proposing to predict what reality is. What is the one that consistently becomes accurate? And it is the scientific method. And when you right. think, what's funny about science is it really is still a belief. Because no matter how you look at it, it's still a belief as much as any religion, except for the fact, what Kale said... It's the most consistent. Right. We believe gravity works because every time we drop something, it falls at a consistent rate every single time. But there's no telling that in the next time we try to drop something, it won't just float there. Well, I used to um, come from that angle where it was science is just as much a belief as anything else. But I don't like to equivocate all beliefs right. for several reasons. One of which is if the science is accurate you can make predictions that are accurate. Exactly. What other belief system can do that? And what Unless other be- you're making obvious predictions, like right. this year a celebrity will die. But right. if you yeah. say, and also, you know, so-and-so will die on a particular date by a particular mode of depth, then you're... Based actually, on another belief. Yeah, that's a very important... What I like point. is when you have an actual uh, change in belief in science, they actually will change the belief... If new evidence is brought about yeah. and shown exactly. to be more accurate, yes, that, that was the other thing is that it's self-correcting. It's self-correcting, yeah, and that's and why another reason is it. That's why it's trusting the scientific method. Pretty much gives us exactly what we need to know. And dogma is not self-correcting because it's not. if, if By dogma definition is almost. is <laughs> stuck with, like it'll it'll self-correct through changes in society and whatnot. But if um, you know. Dogma's meant to be taken verbatim. You know, this is the truth. Um, and someone who subscribes to dogma will claim to have um, a monopoly on the truth. Like, our way is the only real way. And that monopoly, when never challenged, never changes. And it never self-corrects. And so it you never can, ends. You could say for Game eternity that the, that the sun circles the earth. You could say that for eternity. And if you're dogmatic about it, you'll never self-correct that aspect of it. And it takes something like science to come along to say, no, we made observations of how the stellar bodies move, and we realize now that the Earth goes around the sun. And Copernicus gives us a new reality that's been updated from what was uh, supposed before that. And the thing is, is that the objective reality was that way all along. Yeah. It's just our perception. Right. Goes becomes more in line through the scientific method becomes more in line with the objective reality. And if your predictions are wrong, repeated testing will eventually reveal that. And in well, the be- yeah. And in the beginning, you know, you may have a, a you may be pushed to one direction or the other. You might believe this is going to happen because we're human and that's what we think. 
But if you follow the scientific method and you have blind studies or whatever it is, then you're going to end up finding out the truth, or at least yeah. what the science says is the truth. And uh, in relation to, to yeah. our uh, senses and everything and our failings, you know, I started out by talking about how we're so removed from objective reality that we have a lot of, we're, we're crippled in a lot of ways in knowing what's really there. Uh, science is one of those tools that we use to figure out what the real data is. We, we make, um, as much as possible, use, um, oftentimes, equipment is used, um, scientific sensory equipment, that can offer rigid data. And as long as that equipment is accurate, it'll take samples, give us a set of data, and then we can use that data to uh, create a, a model that should be pretty close to what's really there. Like you get an oxygen sensor, right? That oxygen sensor can, it's, it has elements on it that are just the right size to detect um, oxygen atoms. So as they pass by the sensor, it'll try to get an accurate count of how much oxygen is in the air. If you had a person... Um, Counting oxygen? Well, let's say that... <laughs> let's say Locked. that you, you can shine a, a light through a volume of, of air. Right. And it'll... You know, it that light frequency interacts with the oxygen, and um, you—it's just like a spectrograph, right? right? Spectrograph gets these things coming off. Well, if you had a human reading the spectrograph, just say you could put on special glasses, and now you can read those wavelengths. All of a sudden, you would be saying, okay, if it's a certain shade of purple, it has this much oxygen density, and if it's a slightly different shade of purple, it's going to be a different density, right? Well. All those things are going to be subjective because from one day to the next, you could be looking at the exact shade of purple, but maybe you saw a different shade in between. And you, you say one day that this is 50% purple. And the next day you see the exact same shade, but you've already been kind of, um, you, you've been affected by the readings you've t taken since then. You might see 50% purple again and you say, oh, it's 40% this time. Because you're being subjective about the the reading, right? You're yeah, but I, as information that's coming to you, okay, you don't have exact data, right? But so uh, equipment will, yeah, instruments. Yeah, instrumentation tries to give you accurate data, and then you can draw your conclusions from that. And it takes the human fallibility out of the equation, because not only thank God, not only oh, do you have to rely oh. on your imperfect senses, you have to rely on your memories of things you sensed before. So you know, if you're going to judge the growth rate of a plant, right? If you don't have something to measure it with, you're, are you just going to eyeball it and say, that, well, the plant looks like it's six inches high today, and you come back tomorrow and you go, well, now it's six and a half, and you come so back So when something day, keeps going you know, on and on, you keep thinking like it's taking a long time, it may not be taking that much time. But is it? Yeah, that's another perception thing, too. <laughs> yeah, that was sly, Joey. <laughs> yeah, I just slipped that right in. Yeah. Ooh, oh, you were getting nuts. I was yeah. That. I, I was, no, but no, I, but you made actually a really good point, and it makes sense. Basically, what you're saying, equipment made for a specific purpose mm -hmm. will measure things accurately. We're not made and to measure things accurately. That's not what humans are. And it doesn't have a brain that tries to discriminate. Right. right. Well, okay, some things have a computer that... But it's not a know, human brain right, that is right. made for being human. It'll be very rigid. It has an algorithm that it right. runs through, and it you know treats all the but data let's, the same. What do we have left? Well, okay, I guess that's the thing. We, we have a natural tendency to wait information right what we have yeah. left joey well we can keep going on whatever we want so i was gonna say i was just thinking i was trying to see if we hadn't we covered never talked about the x-files at least not in depth oh no. that's true <laughs> right so let's let's go we could go there 
Okay. Well, I was what, what I was going to say off of this was, what does physics say about reality? But maybe we should cut that out and talk about that on a different thing when we're talking about physics or something like that, because that's really a whole different next week area. Physics. We could do physics next week. Mm, that's a little big. Though. I was thinking dreams. A, oh, dreams. Dreams might be good. Well, anyway, the physics of dreams. <laughs> the last two things I think we should hit before we wrap this up. Uh, three things actually. Let's go. Let's talk about X Files. Because that was a very right. interesting episode. Let's go quickly into what reality... No, that's more to physics, so let's not go there. Let's, let's do two things. X-Files, and then let's talk about what if this reality isn't what we think it is. Dun, All right. Dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it sounded like... That's Linda's. Uh, oh, phone. I she thought it was one of the guinea pigs or something. She forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> the guinea pigs going down the slide. Whee! That sounded like the Geico pig. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. It's her, um, her Angry Bird sound. When quite she gets good a timing. All right, wait, that's not Geico, is it? Progress. Uh, that's one of those one insurance of those. companies. Geico, I think. Okay. Oh, okay. So X Files. X Files. Give us a. Give it, it's been a few months for me, so give me a quick. Uh, what's the re- yes yeah. reality synopsis here? What's going on? So there's a, an alleged ab- alien abduction of a couple of teenagers that break down on the highway, and the author Jose Chung is writing a book about the event, and he's been conducting an investigation. Done it excellently by Charles Nelson Riley. Ah, Charles Nelson Riley is a mighty man, the kind of man you never disrespect. He said eight foot tall. More glasses in it. Had a nipple on the back of his neck. Okay. He, he ate his own weight in gold and excreted diamonds every day. Wow. Yeah, he can yeah. throw you down a flight of stairs, but you know you'd like him anyway. Right. Yeah, you All know right. you'd like him anyway. All right. All right. <laughs> anyway, so x Go ahead, Joe. I remember that song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was making that up because I was... Oh, oh, right. That was freestyle from Joey right there. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. so, Weird Al. Okay. So, all right. Um, he was show, writing the book. The show, right. He's writing the book, and he's interviewing um, Scully about it. Everybody's and, interviewing and he, everybody. Right. That's, that's right, I remember. Yeah. Part of the setting, though, they actually show him interviewing Scully. So she has re- her recollection of events, then the teenager's recollection of events. And even some recollections of events. Of that. Yeah, recollections? <laughs> All right, fine. Well, no, that's perfect Sorry. into what we're saying, because you say recollection, we say recollection. We say it a different way. Yeah. I say pillow. Pillow? I really do say pillow. Huh. I thought All that right. was an Italian market. Yeah, I get enough of it for my wife. Really? It's pillow. I think that's the English oh. way of saying it, pillow. But you got enough Italian from your wife. <laughs> I didn't too. even know she was Italian. Just a little bit, one quarter. One. Well, I don't even know. Her little toe. Okay, so the show. All right, we're way show. off. We got to get I through this. I think we can edit, edit that due to boredom. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. We'll see. Okay, go. Sorry. Action. All right, so he interviews uh, several people. Then he's also asking um, Scully about Mulder's point of view on things. And Mulder doesn't actually show up for the interview until much later, but uh, he's refusing to be interviewed. And there are several townspeople that encounter strange things, and uh, some people have um, recollections of men in black showing up. And it's Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek. <laughs> Alex and Trebek, that, that was great. And their stories great. just seem really out there, but that's part of the point that the men in black are supposed to be so out there that 
your encounters with them, no one will ever believe them. And yet, every once in a while, they said something really good, yeah, and true, but and, they twisted it yeah. so that right. And the great, I think I remember now the great, and one of the great things about this is anytime TV or movie do this, it's great. It's they show the same event. Mm-hmm from different perspectives and it's all about what we're talking about because it's all about how reality is seen through different eyes even though it's the exact same thing and when you got characters you know it's great entertainment and I thought this related to what we talked about last week about the unfinished business how there's an open-ended ending to Looper that this um this episode lets you draw your own conclusions because you can determine things are different ways you could say well there really were aliens abducting people or it was the Air Force had um, been using alien appearances as a ruse to make sure that um, hostiles wouldn't fire upon them because they go, what, that's a UFO with gray aliens on it? We're not going to shoot, right? But if they know it's a uh, U.S. reconnaissance aircraft, they might get shot down. So there are all these different layers of different bits of evidence but they all come from unreliable resources and it's the unreliable narrator aspect of storytelling where everybody who's telling their story has a different perspective on it because they experience things a different way and their mind filtered it in a different way so at the end of the episode you're kind of left wondering what really happened and what didn't and all along they're kind of self-conscious about um, X-Files has always been about investigators and this was a little different take on it, where it wasn't just from the point of view of Mulder and Scully, but it took their points of view as two separate things, because even though they experienced the same stuff, they yeah. still had differences of opinion about what occurred. Right. And um, and it's a little winking at the audience of, you know, this is uh, the X-Files, we have certain tropes that we follow, and we're making this kind of hilarious and all along a little bit entertaining about winking at the audience saying yeah we understand that we do things a certain way and we're letting you see how the sausage is made so to speak right you went to sausage I had to go there I had to go there just like last week <laughs> or actually I just went to sausage yeah. in that way and well, I that- always thought that that Mulder needed someone and it obviously it can't be Scully because she kept buying into his stuff he needed somebody that he could turn to and say, can you see that guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, he needed somebody to tell him whether, he, like the beautiful mind, you know, can you see him? No, no, no. Okay, no. See, the, if, you watch, if you watch X-Files, Scully never sees anything he sees. Not until the like, end of the oh, series. Yeah, Be like, yeah. Mulder's like, oh my God, do you see that? And then like, it's like Phineas and Ferb. As soon as she looks up, like it's gone. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, but you say, you're saying wink at the audience. And I think that's a good point. Because Mulder and Scully don't know there's an audience. Mm. One of my favorite things about reality ever is the fact that the people in a story, the characters, don't know that they're characters in a story. Which means how do we know that we're not characters in a story? Which comes to the idea of how do we know this reality is the reality as we take it and not some huge Matrix computer program movie You know, we might just be kind of listening on a podcast. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I didn't mean to destroy your sense of being there but but how do we know there's no way to know for real i mean the uh what well was if it? we're in a holographic universe and it's just basically energy and light I moving around saying, no you mean in a holographic universe because i'm done with that oh, okay. oh right. 
<laughs> we're out of perception. We're into you know okay. fake realities and right. you know, artificial realities and stuff. So you're, you're well, off. and that's the thing is, is that ultimately, <laughs> I guess the most objective reality would be that everything is energy. Hmm. And so when you go down to the bottom of whatever is there, what you're going to get, according to a lot of scientists now, you're going to get a you're going to get strings. Of what, if, what if that's just the basic program to the computer, the whole computer? Well, that's the thing is, is that this, the, it's, you have to. It's just zeros and it. ones. That's you, all this table is. Well, that's what well, I'm saying is you have yeah. to look at it. That Come in. Yes, you, we you do perceive at this level that this table is solid. Yeah. But really, it's not. It's right. not solid. And that's what you have to approach. Yeah. Right. So when you go down there, everything is energy. I thought you argued with me at like about how, how dense particles energy. are. <laughs> how dense? Oh, remember when I was talking about time as uh, never mind. space no, I has a lot of that <laughs> vacuum in it. Oh well. So is this moment real or is it just? Uh, it feels pretty real to me. You guys are awesome. I, I like to. <laughs> don't feel me there. <laughs> I like to think that this are moment. Are you real? I'm feeling you. I like to think this. <laughs> I like to think of this moment as, a, as just this great comedy adventure that we're on with someone who's got a real boring script. <laughs> like it's just the rough draft. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, look, it's Daredevil. Oh, that we're explains kind of, everything. Kind of neat if you know our lives really are a screenplay, and this is like the first draft. And then you get to relive it when it's the better draft, and then yeah, after a while you're <laughs> well in reincarnation, I guess with. <laughs> some versions of it you get to when you finally die you just go back to the queue and then you like choose whose life you get to go in next mm. and experience their whole life dude I'm going into your life man I'm gonna mess it all up woo mess it up kids. No, see that's the thing is is that it's predetermined so all you can do is go the ride you think you're doing it like who who knows how many times people yeah. have been in my body programmed? Oh, lots of times. You know, that's lots bad. and lots that of times. Really bad. We know you're a <laughs> slut. That's where I was going, in case you weren't sure. <laughs> I think oh it's about time to call it. I guess so. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe dreams next week. I don't know. Maybe we should do something to look kooky since we've been heading that way the last few weeks. Anyway, I don't really know what I mean. Something. I think something a little bit off from what we have been doing. We've been going like like the basics of yeah, of and very reality. Oh, that's reality. <laughs> very real. <laughs> so real, man. We're keeping it real. Yeah, storytelling. So who knows what we'll do? But it'll be, it'll be no. We need to come up with something because we're not going to do it. Okay, we'll fix it. We will. All right. Well, so this is the first time we didn't have this unnatural. Uh, other topic. I know uh, we're done for. What? We're that's we're done for. Oh, we're supposed to remember that reference, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> we're done for. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> leave me, master. Thank you. No, just leave me, master Luke. I'm done for. Oh, all right. Yeah. What to talk about three PO? Yeah, that's the problem. You didn't have a. The reason I I think it was on Big Bang or something where he goes, "Don't go all three PO on me. We're we're getting out of here together." <laughs> was hilarious all right so we're we're gonna start the the cool awesome exit music because we're done for today so that's our reality we hope you had a good time with your reality whatever that may be i don't know why you're listening to this suck your reality 
This is Joey Shamel, and where can we find you? You can find me and anything for uh, incoherent ramblings at IamRambling.com. Yeah, that's right. There you go. And I'm Daryl Jors, and you can find me at Jors.com, G-I-O-R-S. And I'm Kale Anderson, and you can look it up for Rom's Rants on blogspot.com and if you go to Rom's pants you could be one of the people inside of him <laughs> there you go <laughs> now that might actually be fun yeah so if you want some fun you know where to go thank you and we'll see you guys next week being John Malkovich wash rinse and thanks for listening you can now stop screaming at the open air listeners should put their minds back in their upright positions and resume traditional thinking Find us on IamRambling.com for access to all of our weekly ramblings, show notes, general discussions, and any projects from Incoherent Ramblings. Like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. So long, and thanks for all the fish.